Adam Crowley Show. Well, can I just speak for myself here, please? No, I will not speak to you, Stat Pat. I've had it up to here with you. Well, you can hear me, okay? Just listen no! to me, just for a second. No! Enough! Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Where, oh where, is Le'Veon Bell? He wasn't at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex today. He wasn't there for practice yesterday. Will he be there for practice tomorrow? That is the $14.5 million question. If he's not... If he skips game one, there is absolutely no reason why Le'Veon Bell should play before week 11. Uh-oh! You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me. Shirtless Tom behind the glass. Check them out on Twitter at fbomber 73 at button pusher 970 does it make sense for bell not to show up until week 10 week 11 yeah i could see the argument i wouldn't do it if i were him i think it's dumb but i can see why he would think it's a good idea bell can sit out 10 weeks and still get an accrued season under the collective bargaining agreement should we be surprised Mark Caballi will be on with us in 18 minutes on the Crowley Show, and he spoke earlier today and said he was stunned. But should we really be? Isn't this what Bell told Jeremy Fowler at the end of last season? I might not show up. Don't sign me. I'm not going to show up. I think his value changes a bit if he doesn't play until Week 10 because he took a step back in terms of production last year. It doesn't mean he wasn't great. But he wasn't the 2,200-yard back he was two years ago. I think he needs to prove that he can be productive for a whole season and not slip. Because you can make an argument, as a Steelers fan, as an observer of Le'Veon Bell, that a couple of years ago he had 2,200 yards. Last year he had 1,900 yards. What if there's another decline this year? What if it's 1,600 yards? Then what are you paying for? Then you're not paying for a Hall of Famer. You're paying for a guy. I think Le'Veon Bell needs to prove that he can play every game this year and not just be a guy. I don't think he's going to be. I think he's going to be an all-pro type back if and when he reports to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But there could be the perception that he is on the decline. It's one that Steelers fans have been making to me since the end of the season. And I don't necessarily think it's because they believe it, but it's because they have to think it because he's not going to be a Steeler in 2019. As I said, I can see why Le'Veon would do it. You don't want to get hurt. You want to make some money at the end of the year. You want to accrue your season. Playing six games means you're going to get hurt probably less than if you play 16. But when are you going to make that money up? That's what I don't understand. When are you going to get a chance at getting $14.5 million guaranteed? You're going to get in the next contract. But if you play all season, stay healthy this year, and get that next contract, you'll have made all the money. I wouldn't do it if I were him. Bell isn't a bad guy here. I know. I know. You're going to crucify me. He's not. And you know what? The Steelers aren't bad either. They have been miscast and mischaracterized by a number of national media members who either aren't paying attention or are being intellectually dishonest. 
Mike Tannier of Bleacher Report tweeted, Official statement from the Steelers, we've done nothing and it didn't work and now we're mad and it's totally the player's fault, so blame him. Brucky Brooks said, or Bucky Brooks, <laughs> former player and scout now, NFL media member tweeted, I'm sure Le'Veon Bell is disappointed the team didn't give him a deal at fair market value. They should have thought about his absence when they failed to make him an offer that matched talent in production. Steelers had two years to avoid this holdout, end quote. Bell wasn't offered a fair market value? What the, are you out to lunch? Is your head buried so far up your own ass you can't tell that $70 million and $33 million guaranteed was fair market value? It's either lying because you're ignorant or lying because it's being intellectually dishonest. Bell was offered $70 million over five years. Devontae Freeman, at the time, was the highest paid running back, $8.25 million a season. I went to West Virginia. It took me five years to graduate. I'm bad at math, but $14.5 million a season is a lot more than 8.25. Do not tell me the Steelers did not make a legitimate offer. Gurley was paid after the Bell deadline. So if you want to compare what Bell was offered by the Steelers to what Gurley is now making, $60 million and $45 guaranteed, and say Bell wasn't offered fair market value, okay, there's an argument there. But again, that, that contract wasn't out there prior to Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers not coming to terms. What the sweet hell are people talking about? I just don't think anybody's paying attention. I think the national people are out on their yachts, they're sipping their champagne, their cognacs, they're smoking cigars, they're in Malibu, they're hanging out in California, and they're not actually paying attention to the NFL offseason. They can break down tape on a general level during the season. They can talk about players generally during the year and in the offseason, but I don't think they're paying any attention to what's going on. It's either that. Or they're so pro-player that they're trying to muddy the waters with this misinformation. The Steelers didn't do anything wrong here. That being said, Bell didn't do anything wrong here either. And here's why. Todd Gurley gets $45 million guaranteed. That's $12 million more than the Steelers did offer him. And that means that if Le'Veon Bell walks at the end of this season, which we all expect him to do, he can now ask for $45 million guaranteed and say, look, there, right there, that contract that was signed by Todd Gurley is the contract that we can now use to make the framework of my deal. So Le'Veon Bell wound up being right. The Steelers stuck to their guns while still offering a fair market value contract. They didn't do anything wrong. Sometimes there's nuance. You don't always have to pick a bad guy. You don't have to say Le'Veon Bell's awful. You don't have to say the Steelers didn't do enough to get Le'Veon Bell here. This marriage was destined to end in divorce. And it's going to. And sometimes both sides want it to wind up that way. The Steelers didn't want it to wind up that way before. I'm sure as hell sure that they want it to end up that way now. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Here's why Le'Veon Bell's not here today. If Le'Veon Bell's going to skip time this year, it's because guys like me get behind this microphone and we shout into it for three hours saying things like, they're going to run Bell into the ground. Bell hears that, maybe not me, but he hears that and thinks, why the hell would I want to go back there for 16 games? Why not for six? Tomorrow's the big day. If he doesn't show up tomorrow, I imagine he has no interest in showing up week one. 
If he doesn't show up week one, there's no reason he won't sit out until week 10. None. I mean, $800,000 a game seems like a good reason to me, but I don't think that the reason is good enough for him. He wants to accrue his season then at that point, which means 10 games. Here's one thing I'm getting a lot on Twitter.com, and my God, did I get just beat to pulp on Twitter this weekend. The Steelers are not going to be better without Le'Veon Bell. I feel like I can reuse this take once every couple weeks because people get all agitated with Lev and then say, oh, we got James Conner, he'll be okay. Uh, James Conner's one of the best backs in the whole league, man. No, he's not. I'll go so far as to say this. If Bell isn't back until week 10, the Steelers aren't winning the division. The Steelers might lose to Cleveland. James Conner is fine. Le'Veon Bell has more yards through 60 games than any running back in NFL history. He's a Hall of Famer. James Conner's just a guy. James Conner was okay during the regular season last year. James Conner missed minicamp and OTAs and two weeks of training camp last year. So we didn't get to see enough of him in the regular season to have an opinion. He played well in the preseason. But to me, that doesn't make you a proven player. If Le'Veon Bell comes back tomorrow, he's starting, in my mind, week one. I put up an unsponsored Twitter poll at underscore Adam Crowley. Should Le'Veon Bell be the starter in week one if he shows up on Wednesday? And 60% of you said no. 60% of you are out to lunch. 60% of you need to realize that James Conner might look okay against scrubs. He's not a feature back in this league. And Le'Veon Bell is. If he doesn't show up to Week 10, the Steelers aren't winning the division. It's a Tomlin Tuesday today. Tomlin says he feels better about running back now without Bell because of James Conner. And, okay, I feel better about it than I did last year. I don't feel better about comparing James Conner to Le'Veon Bell. If I compare Conner now to Conner last year, yeah, you feel better about that. You still feel better when you compare Bell to Conner? No, you shouldn't. And if you do, the 60%... You're lying to yourselves. The Steelers messed up by not keeping Landry Jones. I've gotten so worked up about the Steelers' backup quarterback competition and conversation that Tom was rolling his eyes at me in the pre-show meeting. I think it's very important. The Steelers don't have a huge window here to win a championship. I've been saying since... We all knew Le'Veon Bell would be departing after the year. That as long as Bell's here this year, this is the Steelers' best chance to win the Super Bowl in the Ben Roethlisberger era. This year. Because next year, to cast of characters at running back, you just don't know how much worse is Ben going to be year over year. You don't know. This is the year. And what I mean by that is, you got to go all in. Josh Dobbs may well be better than Landry Jones. But I don't know that. And I'm trying to go by what I know when I'm all in. We hear it all the time. Oh, Steelers love a running back by committee next year. It'll be just as good as Le'Veon Bell. Why? Why will it be? Because every team in the league is as good as Le'Veon Bell with their running back by committee? You're guessing. You're hoping. You're projecting. I want to know. I know how good Le'Veon is. I also know how good Landry Jones is. Not to compare apples to oranges there. Landry's not going to the Hall of Fame. Landry's not good enough to be a full-time starter in this league. But I sure as hell know what he can do in this league. 
I sure as hell know that he can win football games in the regular season because he has. He did against the Cardinals a couple of years ago. They were one of the best teams in football. He beat them. He's beat the Browns a couple of times at the end of the year, and everyone poo-poos that, oh, it was the Browns, they don't beat anyone. They don't, and you're right. But he was playing with backups against starters, and they won. I know he can do that. Dobbs has never thrown an NFL pass in the regular season. Mason Rudolph has never thrown a pass in the regular season in the NFL. If Ben Roethlisberger goes down for a game or two or three, I want to trust a proven veteran player. I don't want to throw Josh Dobbs to the Wolves. It was two games ago in the preseason that he's lobbing up the ball to be returned for a touchdown and interception. You can't just forget about that because he was great against the fourth and fifth string players for the Carolina Panthers. Landry Jones may just be a guy. I don't know if Josh Dobbs is a guy yet. I don't know if he's even a guy yet. He was good against guys who were washing cars today. The Steelers made a mistake. And if Ben Roethlisberger goes down and a quarterback who's never thrown an NFL pass has to come in there and they lose and they don't win the division or they don't get the number one or number two seed in the AFC, they are going to be pissed. They're not the Pirates. I've heard multiple people say today, oh, it's a million and a half saved. Steelers were having trouble with the cap. This isn't about the Pirates penny pinching. The Steelers just saved $5 million by moving money around for Cam Hayward's deal. They just saved money by moving some forward for Vance McDonald. They saved their money. This isn't about that. It shouldn't be about that. Well, Adam, they've also got their potential quarterbacks for the future. I don't care about that either. Win the damn thing this year. And with Landry Jones, you had a better chance to do that. I'm riled up. 412-922-2874. Penn State stunk against Appalachian State. That was funny. But if you're a Pitt fan, wasn't that the worst thing to happen? If Penn State loses that game, then as a Pitt fan, you can chuckle and say, Ha-ha, you lost Appalachian State. You stink. But since they narrowly beat Appalachian State, they're going to now not lay down at all for Pitt. They're going to be uber-focused. But at the same time, I think Pitt fans now have this newfound confidence in the Panthers' ability to win this game in Heinz Field. I think Pitt fans now expect to win. My Twitter poll says 40% of Pitt fans do. I don't think 40% of Pitt fans thought they were going to beat Penn State coming in to this last Saturday. Now they do. So Penn State has elevated the Pitt Panthers' expectations, and now they're going to come in here and just poop all over them. It was the worst outcome Pitt could have expected. Will Greer was great, but there's no time to talk about that. I'll just think about Will Greer being great as I fall asleep for the rest of the week. Coming up next, Mark Caboli on whether or not he agrees that the Steelers did the wrong thing with Landry Jones being cut. Of course, the number one topic, though, Le'Veon Bell. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is he going to show up tomorrow? Caboli will tell us. Maybe. Next, Crowley Show. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Oh, I like him. (laughs) He's a handsome guy. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. 
Mark Caballi going to join us in a few minutes here on ESPN Pittsburgh. First, though, if I can find my mouse, it's frozen. Tom, we're going to have to have you push through Rocco from Florida. What's up, Rocco? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing all right. What's so, up? I, 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 got a, I got a little theory here, and I just want to know what you think about it. Um, I, I feel like, you know, if he doesn't show up tomorrow, this week, um, when he does show up, hopefully the beginning of the year, I, I feel like they're going to trade him, man, and, and trade him out, get some money, first-round pick next year, potentially bring in someone like Des Bryant. And then, and then you got to worry about a lot of weapons on that offense. The defense could be fire. You know, every Super Bowl the Steelers have won has been a team effort. One thing. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Rocco, and thank you for Tom for hanging up on him. They're not going to trade <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. They're not going to bring in Des Bryant. If Le'Veon Bell is here, he's going to play. If he doesn't show up tomorrow, though, I'm pretty sure he's not going to show up until week number ten. All these trade Le'Veon Bell takes are going to come out of the woodwork now because of what happened with Khalil Mack in Oakland, by the way. Guys, that, not, that's why people are saying that now. Let's not be so critical. His name was Rocco. It sounds like he's broken a kneecap or two, so maybe it wasn't such a bad idea just for the purpose. Yeah, I think the Steelers <laughs> should trade Le'Veon <laughs> yeah, Bell. Get him out of here. Yeah, have him sign and then trade. Yeah, don't mess with anyone named Rocco. We're joined now by Mark Caboli of The Athletic. Caboli, how are you today? Pretty good. How are you doing? I once had a dog named Rocco. Oh, did you? That's not yeah. interesting. Uh, Mark, let's talk a little bit about Le'Veon Bell not sort showing of like, up. Sort of like your show, huh? Hey, get out of here. Do you think that <laughs> Le'Veon Bell's going to show up tomorrow? Were you surprised that he didn't show up yesterday? Yeah, I was a little surprised he didn't show up yesterday. I thought yesterday would be the day, just like last year, because he alluded to that over the summer. That's what he was planning on doing when he went on his Snapchat tour of his residence in California, saying there was going to be the same thing. So we, I assumed he was going to show up, but there's not real much difference between Monday and Wednesday if he shows up tomorrow. Now there's a huge difference if he doesn't show up tomorrow. Now I think the panic mode sets in because... If he doesn't show up Wednesday, what prevents him from showing up next Wednesday and the Wednesday after that and all the way up until about November? Mark, if he does not show up tomorrow, that would indicate to me he's not going to play in the first game. If he doesn't play in the first game, what's for us to believe him playing in any of the other ones? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If he doesn't show up, I mean, even if he does show up Wednesday and he's, you know, best shape of his life, Sort of like Jerome Bettis and Ben Roethlisberger, best shape of their life. He's still not going to get a ton of reps, and I wouldn't be shocked that uh, James Conner doesn't start that game in Cleveland based on what he was able to do. And I don't think anybody in that locker room would would uh, bat an eyelash at something like that, that James Conner's been uh, putting in the time for the past month looking good while Lee on Bell has been away. So, I mean, even if he does show up tomorrow, I don't think he's going to – you know, he's a 10 to 12 carry type of guy in Cleveland, potentially, more than, you know, what he did last year. If James Conner has to be the guy for 10 weeks, what do you think his production looks like in comparison to what the production of Le'Veon Bell would have looked like through 10 games? I think it's going to be very similar to what they do on the defensive side of the ball. Is I think they'll have different roles, even though they've been uh, trumpeting the fact that James Conner can catch the ball all of a sudden this year better than anybody else. I think they'll have different people in different roles, so the numbers might not be very 
uh, comparable to what James Conner can, I mean, Le'Veon Bell can put up. But, I mean, I told you back a couple months ago, James Conner looked like a different guy. I, I think he can hold it down here, so to speak, using all my Tomlinisms, so to speak, until Le'Veon gets here. And I think more importantly is, is once Le'Veon gets here, that he, he can actually provide a legitimate breather, a legitimate option other than Le'Veon Bell when uh, it says that he needs to come off the field. So I don't think that the numbers can actually be compared because, like I said, I think there will be other people filling in in different roles. But I don't think they're going to lose a whole ton. Well, then why pay the guy $14.5 million in the first place? I think the Steelers probably well, I feel like this, I feel like the, I'm not saying now, but yeah. uh, but go back a couple of months. If, if you feel like you can replace Le'Veon Bell's production with Jalen Samuels and James Conner, then why did they try so hard to sign they, him in the first place? I know They that, didn't know. They didn't know at the time. Well, they didn't know James that. Was. Well, okay, that's fine, but now you look at... What they do know, which is James Conner's been okay, and you've got no Le'Veon Bell. Uh, even if Le'Veon Bell shows up this week, I think James Conner's still probably going to get the majority of the touches the first game against Cleveland. But uh, I, I don't agree with that. I, I, I think, I think there's a huge drop off between what they yeah. have and Le'Veon Bell. Well, I don't know if there's a huge drop off. Uh, you know, when you compare it to the rest of the league, if you compare it to Le'Veon Bell, I've learned this from years past is Le'Veon, I mean, D'Angelo Williams looks very, very good. And, you know, he, he could be the guy that, 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 that fills in for Le'Veon Bell and say, hey, what do you need Le'Veon Bell? Until you see Le'Veon Bell on the field. You're like, <laughs> right. oh, that's, that's the reason why. Now, I'm not saying that Connor and Bell's on the same level. I'm saying if you're going to sit there and have an adequate replacement for a short period of time, absolutely James Connor can do it. But once Le'Veon Bell gets here, and you'll instantly realize no matter how much in shape James Connor is and how well he's playing, they're two totally different guys now. Mark one's very good. <laughs> Mark Caballi of The Athletic joining us here on the Crowley Show. What does Le'Veon gain if he doesn't play until week 11 what what does know. that do for him i don't know cuz if you're if you're trying to reduce the wear and tear on his body i don't think there's one team next march are going to say well he had 400 carries last year i don't want you so i don't think that's the issue okay you have 10 games that maybe you don't play and it gives you a less chance of get injured but the last time i looked you can get injured in week 11 12 13 14 and so on and so forth, you can get hurt significantly too. And that's what you have to weigh your options are. If you're willing to give up $8 bucks, show up week 10, then all of a sudden you have a significant injury 12-13, then all of a sudden, you know, that's not a very good option what he did. He's just hoping that if he does decide to go to week 10, which I don't think that's going to be the case, I think he'll more likely be here tomorrow, but... Who knows with this guy? But uh, I think the fact that I think he wants the guaranteed thirty million dollars, thirty-five million dollars next year, compared to the eight million dollars he would lose this year. That's the only only difference there is. You're just, but he'll never make back that eight million dollars over the life of that contract. But it will secure him more. If somebody says to you. Adam, I'll give you eight bucks right now, but if you wait ten weeks, now give you thirty bucks. You probably wait ten weeks, right? 
Actually, I'd say, why don't you give me 14 right now and then 30 in, in, in 16 weeks? I mean, that, that's what doesn't make sense to me with Le'Veon. Because I also think that there, there's a faction of people, Mark, that say his yards per carry weren't great last year. Maybe he's slipping a little bit, 2,200 yards, then down to 1,900 yards. What if he takes another slip this year? Uh, I think Le'Veon needs to show that he's still that explosive guy that he's been in the past. I, I think it could wind up hurting him that way, too. I don't think it matters. I don't think he can do anything this season other than getting hurt significantly to, 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 to uh, have his value go down. I think once you get the March and that first day of free agency frenzy where they're throwing you know, crazy money at people like Sammy Watkins, Le'Veon Bell, regardless if he has 2.8 yards of carry this year, is going to get a significant contract with – all of a sudden, significant contracts are, have significant signing bonuses, guaranteed money over the past week. And that couldn't have uh, – maybe that altered his plan a little bit. Oh, Khalil Mack's getting how much guaranteed? Aaron Donald's getting how much guaranteed? All of a sudden, my guarantee might go up a little bit more. So that's probably the way he's thinking. It's either that or, you know, he's working on another rap album, The Drop. Right? Or he's grabbing some cottage cheese ass at a strip club in Florida. Mark. I'm a big cottage cheese fan. It's oh, underrated. Jesus. Holy hell. I mean. Oh, you're talking about the strip club. I'm talking about the actual food. I, I mean. I would rather go to the strip club that Le'Veon Bell went to and grab that <laughs> ass than take a spoonful of cottage cheese ever again really? in my entire life. I know people that don't like cottage cheese, and it's kind of weird to me. I don't like it. Dale Lolly puts ketchup in his. Mark Caballi of The Athletic here on the Crowley Show. Did the Steelers do anything wrong here? There's a couple of national pundits who seem to think the Steelers didn't offer fair market value. I want to take their hair out, man. (laughs) I saw that. Uh, One of them's a former player, so typically that's the one issue of having national guys that are former players. Uh, It's pretty hard to – they typically side with the player here. I don't know what the Steelers – I don't know what they wanted the Steelers to do. They they offered him a contract, which we will never really legitimately know the value of it, if it was, you know, what guarantee money it was. And another thing that people tend to be forgetting, we don't know the market value of Le'Veon Bell. We might think we know the market value that's going to be astronomical, but we don't know until you get out there. So how can you make the assumption that, that the Steelers did him wrong when you don't even know how he's, how much he's worth because nobody else was allowed to bid on him? I think you have to look at so. the precedent set elsewhere, and the precedent was $8.25 million a damn season for Devontae Freeman, and Le'Veon Bell's going to make $14 million a year. I mean, it is fair market value if you compare it to that. But he thinks he's a different breed than a guy like Devontae Freeman. He thinks he's he is. And he you know, would have $7 million dollars more a year. That. Well, he thinks he's – and another thing here. Another I don't thing. know how you view this, but the uh, setting the market value for running backs, I think that's a bunch of baloney. Correct. He doesn't care about anybody else. Why does he care about what the future running backs make? He cares about how much money he's making. And you're trying to tell me that somebody in that locker room, the Steelers locker room, is saying, wait a second, you're holding up because you care what you know Joe Blow next year might get instead of helping us win a championship? 
I think that's just a convenient excuse right there. He's not worried about setting the market. He's worried about getting the most money he can. Right. It's like saying Aaron Rodgers wanted to be the highest-paid quarterback so that Russell Wilson, whenever he signs his deal, whoever, yeah. whomever's next, so that they get that much money. Nah, that's nonsense. Last thing Have you said that? I don't, give, I don't give a bleep about that. Is that what you would say? Something like that? They I don't give a bleep, a bleep about, about that. Yeah. Last yeah. thing here for you, Mark, and I'm not even going to ask a question. I just want your reaction. Straight from the hip right here. The Steelers made a right. terrible decision by cutting Landry Jones. <sighs> terrible. <laughs> Charles Barkley, uh, terrible. I don't know. If I'm not allowed to answer, how am I going to give you a no, You're allowed to say it. You're allowed to respond. I mean, okay, the question is, is it's, you know, you could be right. I, I could be wrong. You may be crazy. <laughs> I won't figure out until I'm wrong, until it's too late. What I'm saying is they're taking a chance, and it's a great Great idea to do it right now. I'll save 1.5. Keep Dobbs in the mix until you need Landry Jones. If you need Landry Jones, then all of a sudden it becomes an awful mistake if Josh Dobbs and or Mason Rudolph can't, you know, win you a couple games. Right now it's fine. Come to me in another week or two, another month or two, and if the quarterback's dragging the leg and Josh Dobbs is all of a sudden, wait, oh, he played against third-string Carolina Panthers guys. He's not ready. Uh, then all of a sudden it's a huge mistake. Right now I don't think you can make that decision. They're just rolling the dice and hoping it comes up sevens. Mark, okay. appreciate the time. That was lame, man. Take care. I know. There you go, Mark Aboli of The Athletic. You want to talk about huge mistakes? Here's a huge freaking mistake. I changed my password for everything iHeart at the beginning of the show. Dude. And we are now 35 minutes into the show, and I can't remember the password that I made it. What a freaking moron I am. I'm going to sit here and criticize Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin and the entire Steelers brass about the dumb decision they made. Meanwhile, I made a decision on what my new password would be 36 minutes ago, and I can't remember. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Coming up next, I'll tell you why the Steelers did make that terrible mistake with Landry Jones. And anybody who says the Steelers didn't, do enough, do right by Le'Veon Bell. They're wrong. It's Crowley Show. It's the Adam Crowley Show. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. Mike Tannier of Bleacher Report tweeted this out yesterday, quote, official statement from the Steelers, we've done nothing and it didn't work and now we're mad and it's totally the player's fault, so blame him, end quote. Bucky Brooks, former player and scout, now NFL media member, tweeted, I'm sure Le'Veon Bell is disappointed the team didn't give him a deal at fair market value. They should have thought about his absence when they failed to make him an offer that matched his talent and production. Steelers had two years to avoid this holdout. We always have to blame one party or the other, right? It's either Lev's fault or it's the Steelers' fault, and whoever's fault it is, oh my god, they suck, they're terrible, and they should be excoriated! Sometimes you have to look at a situation for what the situation is, and that's... An agreement was never going to get worked out, because the Steelers... They've got too much money tied up elsewhere. They've got a quarterback, they're going to have to get an extension done after this season. Paying the guy more than $30 million guaranteed and more than $70 million doesn't benefit them. 
If Le'Veon Bell had signed the $33 million guaranteed contract with $70 million over five years, guess what? I bet you Mike Tannier, I bet you Bucky Brooks would have applauded. I bet you they would have said, way to go, Lev. Way to stand up there and get more than the market value. The market value changes based on what other players are paid. Todd Gurley gets $60 million over four years. $45 million are guaranteed. And when you look at that, you think, oh, the Steelers really didn't offer Lev that much. But you had to see where Lev's offer came down on a timeline. And the offer came down before that when the next highest paid guy was making $8.25 million. Fair market value, uh, oh yeah, I say yes. And here's the thing. Do you really think Lev Bell should make what Todd Gurley's going to make anyhow? I bet you he will on the open market. Now that Gurley's contract has been signed. But is Le'Veon Bell moving forward as sure of a bet as Todd Gurley? I don't think so. I think Le'Veon Bell's a Hall of Famer. I think he's going to have a hell of a year this year. And I think he's going to have a hell of a career after he leaves Pittsburgh. But Gurley is younger. He's coming off of a better season. And has never been suspended. So that's why he's going to make $40 million guaranteed. To say that the Steelers did anything wrong here is just disingenuous. Or the people who are talking about that in that fashion don't know what they are talking about. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. If Le'Veon shows up tomorrow, I'm still starting him. I know. I know. He hasn't earned it. He doesn't deserve it. He's not the hard-working back that James Conner is. Oh, yeah, by the way, Conner also survived cancer. I asked this question on Twitter. If Bell shows up tomorrow, do you want him starting against Cleveland? And 61% of you said no. If Ben Roethlisberger was holding out for a contract, and Mason Rudolph went berserk, and threw for like 8,000 yards in the preseason, and then Ben came back for week one, what do you do? You start Ben, right? Every single bleeping time? Yeah, you do. He's the franchise guy. He's the future Hall of Famer. He gives you the best chance to win the Super Bowl. Why is it different? It's not. James Conner's been fine in the preseason. Maybe more than fine at times. But his pass protection still scares me a little bit. He's not going to be the receiver out of the backfield that Le'Veon Bell is. If Le'Veon Bell shows up tomorrow, I'm playing the better player. Anybody who's convinced themselves that James Conner is better than Le'Veon Bell or that the combination of Steven Ridley and James Conner and Jalen Samuels is better than Le'Veon Bell, you don't know what you're watching. You can give me all the stats that you want about... No runs being longer than 27 yards last year for Le'Veon Bell. And you can say that his yards per catch and per carry were down compared to his career averages. And I'll say this. His career averages before were insane, so you're comparing him against himself. You're not comparing him against the players that would be playing in his place. And secondly, I don't need to look at stats. I don't need the statistics. They'll help my argument. I'll get to them in a second, but I don't need them right now because all I need right now is to remind you the catch he made against Jacksonville. In the playoff game. He's got a linebacker in his hip pocket. One of the best linebackers in the league in Smith. Ball thrown up over Smith's shoulder. Hell of a throw by Ben. And Le'Veon Bell juggles it. 
get an arm bar, brings it in, falls to the ground, and makes a catch that no running back in the league makes. Not one other running back that's a starter that's playing 90% of the snaps is catching that football in that moment. Le'Veon did. Le'Veon can run wheel routes. Le'Veon Bell can catch screens. He can line up at slot receiver. He can line up at the boundary, and he can be good at it. James Conner doing all those things, it's like Josh Harrison playing right field. Oh, he's a right fielder. No, he's not. He's just standing out there. Oh, I think Chris Hubbard can play left tackle in the National Football League. No, he can't. You're just sticking him at left tackle. Well, James Conner can play the boundary. James Conner can play from the slot. James Conner can run wheel routes and look very good. No, he can't. You could put him out there, but he's not going to be good at it the way Le'Veon Bell is. Don't kid yourselves. If Le'Veon Bell shows up tomorrow, give him the majority of the touches. If Lev Bell shows up tomorrow, start him in the damn football game. Now, spell him more than you would at any other point during the season. Because he will be a little rusty. But Rusty Bell is better than healthy Connor. Rusty Bell sounds dirty. It sounds like a sex position. Look it up on UrbanDictionary.com. I don't know what's there. It might not be a thing. Rusty Bell. A Rusty Bell still better than James Conner. I think 60% of Le'Veon Bell is better than James Conner. How about that? So I'm starting him. There's also this. Now we'll bring up the statistics. In the first 60 games played in an NFL career, nobody has had more yards than Le'Veon Bell. Nobody. No running back. No, Not Walter Payton. Not Barry Sanders. Not Emmett Smith. Not Jerome Bettis. Not Marshall Falk. No. Le'Veon Bell. And you're going to tell me that James Conner is a better player? Game one's a little bit different, again, because of the rusty bell. Game one's a little bit different because of that sex position. But if we're thinking about 10 games, it's got to be Le'Veon Bell all day, baby. I wonder if the rusty bell has anything to do with cottage cheese ass. No, it doesn't. Oh, is it a thing? Yeah. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. Is there any way to dance around it and say what it is on the air? I don't I'm looking know. at the same thing you are, right, Brian? It, it's pretty tough. Um, is it start it with it's performed t- in conjunction? Yeah, it involves talking? Yes. Okay. And swinging back and forth yes, while going just, ding dong, ding dong. And it also can be finished off with a Rusty Sherman? No, it's performed in conjunction oh, with okay. a Rusty okay. Sherman. You need okay. the Rusty Sherman to do the Rusty Bell. Okay. Okay. Okay, I think I know a way to do this. <laughs> do you? Not the actual Rusty Bell, but describe it on the air. No. <laughs> Remember Ace Ventura, Pet Detective? Yes. Yeah? When Finkel is Einhorn at the end, and he tucks his parts back there? Yes. Is that what we're looking at here? Yes. Part of the way. Are but... we looking at taking a tube from the front of the fridge and <laughs> okay. plugging it in the back of the fridge? You're kind of okay. on the right track. Now, now you've gotten out the easiest part of this. Oh. So, so after after this this talking refrigerator hose that you've described, um, it gets hard to describe after that. Yes, and then you swing back and forth. But you need something to simulate the rust there's, on the bell. There's, oh, there's a yeah, yeah. Very well said, Tom. Very well said. Something of the maybe fecal matter oh. variety. Oh, and you get that from the talking. 
Yes. Oh. And, and then there's there's um, uh, yeah. I'm not gonna say. I want to really stress the importance of singing "Ding Dong" while you're you do swinging that. back and when forth. That's swing- what makes yes. it the rusty valve. Yes, you're you swing- singing "Ding Dong, Ding Dong, Ding Dong" while it's going back and forth. Yeah, and that's that's like the finale to it all. You found Mr. Winky. You want to hear how it's used in a sentence? Okay. Frank truly impressed the party goers at his housewarming party with a great spread of food and spirits, but nothing that even surpa- evening surpassed the awe and excitement of the guests when Frank performed a rusty bell right after lighting everyone to a traditional rusty Sherman. What a house party Frank is throwing. Frank is throwing a party, dude. That's a banger by Frank. Whoa. Swinging his rusty bell all about his living room. So did Mike Sherman, the former Packers coach and Texas A&M head man, is he the guy who this Rusty Sherman was named after? Coming up next, we'll tell you more about the Rusty Sherman, and I'll tell you why Josh Dobbs being QB number two is a terrible mistake. It's a Crowley show.